ಓಂ ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಗುಣತ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಸ್ಟಡಿಸ್ or even before that you know starting from childhood you know you don't, don't really talk about childhood and all after all taking these clothes but this is relevant it's a teaching moment so chalta hai you know don't get ideas but anyhow so <laughs> starting from childhood especially connected with the hindu tradition there were a number of things you know we don't understand when we are growing up and one thing you know which i did not understand was that we would go to the temple you know with the elders and then you stop there just before the what is ironically mentioned womb garbha gudi ah garbha gudi you are not allowed the one who has garbha is not allowed <laughs> strangely enough okay that's men's ah that's and then even in devi temples you know the men are dressing the garments the men are doing puja and then they come out and dispense prasad this is what we are used to you know the only difference is, is i think everyone questions it if there are women you have to question it you know everyone questions it some people do it loudly and some people do it quietly yes. this is we don't understand this you know what is this thing you know this was something which was there you know i would always ask and the elders i asked would only say in the simple way that the elders say our elders did the same thing and we are doing the same thing and then this is what has been handed down to us then of course you know you, 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 this is what these are the kinds of situations that make one into a researcher because then you have to go back and see mm-hmm. what is what is this you know and that is what got me interested in this you know and moksha desire for moksha came later <laughs> first it was this like what are these discrepancies discrepancies and why you know certain ways it is done and why all the areas that we see you know in the tradition there's there is a, a lack or a paucity of the presence of women in in public situations in public positions why where do you only see men you know you go to a marriage you know, women are cooking at home but as soon as it becomes a marriage the contract is given to men you know you also you see these bhattas you know the the the, the, the cooking class you know <laughs> occupying the kitchen and uh, so this is something which was always very intriguing you know why what is always and more than why why it is kind of clear because that's what is happening everywhere else also <laughs> you know because what the, the 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 phenomenon that we call that has come to be termed as patriarchy right now is not new and it's not specific to the hindu tradition it is everywhere yeah it is rampant it is universal 
So the why is not so much of an issue, but the issue is more of whether this has scriptural sanction. And the short answer is no. Ah, the complete answer is no. Because if you look at the Vedas, when you study the Vedas, you will see that even the uh, even the, the Veda also talks about both men and women as adhikaris. Adhikaris for what? Two things, you know, for all the Purusharthas. Dharma, Artha, Gama and Moksha also. They are adhikaris. Adhikaris means they are qualified as as alongside men and along with men they are qualified to do this. So this is what the primary scriptures say and we are mainly connected and concerned with the veracity of the primary scriptures alone, you know, because that's why we make a distinction between what and what. Shruti, which is heard knowledge, the revealed or the primary scriptures and Smriti, which is the reiteration of that knowledge. The reiteration, is there any time constraint? No, oh, no, no. Okay. Only when the stomach starts to ring the bell. Okay, so, so there is Shruti. Um, I will just tell you the topic, women and moksha. Okay, so just so that you know. Um, there is Shruti, which is the revealed knowledge, which is basically just the Vedas. And then there is Smriti, that knowledge which has been assimilated and understood and reiterated in a simple format. And then we have also in the culture, Puranic literature, Purana. Purana are mythological stories where the message of the Veda is iterated again in using stories and sometimes threats. Like if you don't do this, you're going to fry in Naraka, you know, like this. Sometimes you have to threaten, you know, depending on the level of the mind. If somebody is steeped in tamas, this is the only language they will understand, this doomsday language, you know. So is there, you have to threaten them openly. So the Puranas are there. Then we have another body of literature called Itihasa. Itihasa. This is how it was, meaning some kind of historical literature where Mahabharata and the other one, what is that? Ramayana fall into this category. And so definitely we prioritize the Shruti. And then Smriti is just, you know, reiteration of all the dharmic codes of conduct. And then there's also Sutra literature. So, you know, when uh, after the thread ceremony, when the, the person introduces themselves, they, they, they say, this is my Veda. This is the, the, the Gotra, Rishi. And then you also say, I belong to the Apasthamba Sutra or Gautama Sutra. There are Sutras. Sutras means the same religious codes of conduct and Dharma that are in small aphorism type format. So this is the bulk of the literature. And here in at the level of the Shruti, the Shruti is addressing the human being. Yeah, not the four-legged being, the two-legged human being. You can't just say two-legged because the <coughs> birds are also included. So the two-legged human being uh, is being addressed and of course that includes men and women. And we see also that the Shrutis themselves have been channeled by women. Because when we do this 
ancestral, uh, you know, when we have some kind of a Nandi function, uh, Nandi means invoking the ancestors. Without invoking the ancestors, we don't do any function. Mm -hmm. So at that time, we invoke all the rishis in the lineage and we take the, the name of 27 rishinis, 27 female rishis whose words and whose in the form of mantras and entire suktas are there in the Veda, like the Devi Sukta, you know, was, you know, uh, channeled by a woman. And so like this, there are many such 27 Rishinis are acknowledged in this. Vadava, Sulabha, Ghosha, all these things, Lopa, Mudra, these are all sages. And so that itself shows us that at least there is no, we are very thankful that there is no scriptural sanction. Because even at the level of divinities, there are devatas, there is no difference. You know, you invoke Mother Goddess, Durga, Devi, Adi Shakti, Parashakti, and you can invoke that same in the form of the Lord, there is no difference at all. Then, um, when we look at the early Smriti literature also, we find that even though we see certain influences coming, which are constricting the function of women, making it less and less public, so, so it would seem. But still the early Smriti literature, even though it's much maligned for the fact that it's giving wrong messages to women, which Smriti comes to mind? Manu. Ah, Smriti, you know, because apparently I have not read the Sanskrit version of it, it said something like um, it equated women with dogs in one place and said both are in need of a good beating. Yeah, not fun to hear. Correct? Yeah. You, you know. And so, therefore, this is a much maligned and, you know, we... we we cringe upon reading certain things. And of course, another famous sentence from the, and a very difficult sentence to assimilate from the Manusmriti is that women have to be monitored at all times. At young age, she has to be under the control of a father, in youth, <coughs> under the control of the husband, and in old age, what? Son. Under the control of the son. You know, this is very troublesome you know, to even think about and look at and and retain the pride for being a Hindu and being a Vedic woman and being connected with his grandeur. So how to be connected with his glory and grandeur and then live with these kinds of idiotic statements which are being made and uh, this is again a big kind of a gap. And the same Manu who raised these problematic scenarios by, and also he said, you know, there is one whole chapter on how to select a bride for your son. You know, <laughs> what kind of women to not, uh, what kind of girls to not like. So he says, you just go in the sabha, in the assembly, 
or in a marketplace and look and then the, the girls would have all our functions, some yagya, and the girls would have come with their parents also or, you know, with their relatives. And you watch. If she's smiling or laughing, don't select that girl. <laughs> okay? If she's crying, then also don't select. So what should she be like? <laughs> yeah. And then he says excessive laughter doesn't give shobha to women, you know. These are all very difficult to assimilate, you know. And this has what unfortunately has led to a number of women, you know, especially we find the educated, you know, the literati, the intelligentsia in India. Once, you know, it's like the throw the baby alongside with the water. Yeah. They have rejected Hinduism completely. And in fact, if anyone, men or women, are asked, are you a Hindu? What do they say? <laughs> if they are from this country, in India, the shrug hasn't yet been exported. In India, they will say things like, no, 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 I believe in everything. So this Hindu means there is no pride. No, absolutely. There is no pride. In fact, there is deep shame. Yes. And so when you say, are you Hindu? First answer is no, 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 no. Of course, you shouldn't take that too seriously because every Hindu, everybody in India, you ask them a question, they begin the answer with no. You know, no, 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 it is like this. They agree with you, but they start with no, no, no. It's a culturalism. It's a funny culturalism. But still, they will say, I'm not a Hindu, I believe in everything. You know, there is no pride, there is no feeling of earning up my roots and embracing my roots, embracing and saying, this is what my thing is. And, and we cannot blame the women because they have not been taught. And if you haven't been taught and you have snippets of the Manusmriti, you don't feel like putting it up on your wall. You know, like sayings of Gandhiji, sayings of the Veda, Aham Brahmasmi, you would like to put it on your wall. You look at it and feel nice, you know. But uh, things like Swana, Shudra, Pashu, Aranari, Sabatadanike, Adhikari, you don't feel like putting it up on the wall, you know. Where you are equated with a dog and then both are in deserve of strict beating and discipline. You know, Manu hadn't traveled to the first world and seen first world dogs. You know, <laughs> SPCA will come running. And even the dogs in obedient school are taught how to dial 911. You know, yeah, I won't be surprised if we are taught that. So you see, this is a big discrepancy. But the reason I'm bringing up Manu so much is that even though we have such snippets, Despite of this, he was a great man because he was very honest. <coughs> because he said, because we are only seeing these things out of context. But he said that the, the culture has deteriorated. He said that. And Manu was a Vedanta. He really knew there are some certain Vedanta things that he talks about. And he knew. He knew about Brahman, he knew that the Atma and Brahman are one and the same, he knew this. Some other places, some problems were there, that's all. And, uh, and the other reason I appreciate Manu is because he was very honest. And from his writings, 
we can see what the situation was in his time. That it, if we don't take it personally, if we don't take his sentences personally, it gives a glimpse into the historical situation or the circumstances in which the, 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 the Vedic women were, or we, we can perhaps call them post-Vedic because this is how the, you know, the history people look at the era. I don't know why, but anyhow. So we can see that already, even though the Vedas do not have any sanction to differentiate between men and women, like Agnihotra is done both by men and women, everything is just done by both of them, even though there is no scriptural sanction, in the Smriti literature we see that, that there is not only script sanction, but it is enforced, yeah, enforced. Because he says, any woman that does not deal with these codes should be thrown out. You know, Bahish Karanam, Bahish Karaniyam, Karaniyasa. You know, she should be thrown out of the society. She should not be kept up like this. So, so we see that there is a drastic change. But even in Manu's time, he himself admits that women should have the thread ceremony. He says that. Striyam maunji karanam ishyate to quote Manu. And he says they should go for bhiksha, just like the boys. But he makes one small change. He says the boys can go for bhiksha everywhere. The brahmacharis. The girls, because of safety reasons, should only go in the compound of friends, relatives connected to the family. So that everybody knows where they are for safety reasons. This is not a problem. But both should go to Bhiksha. And he says both should go to Gurukula. He also says that. Albeit reluctantly. <laughs> that shows us that the women were going to Gurukula. And this one also in the Veda also we see women going to Gurukula. I told you yesterday that's why the word Kathaki has come. You know. A woman who is studying the Kathaka Shakha of the Yajurveda is called Kathaki. So both were going to Gurukula. And, uh, and then there was an option. At the end of Gurukula, they could take Brahmacharya on the way to Sanyasa. Sanyasa was also there for women. Or they could get married. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the, the, so there were two tracks, no different from men, two tracks were there. One is, you know, you finish Gurukula, get married, and this we see in the Taitri Upanishad. Acharyaya Priyandhanam, you know, Dattva, Prajatantum, Ma Avachetsihi. And it says, having finished Gurukula, Priyam dhanam dattva, meaning give, give the money to the Acharya, to the teacher of the Gurukula. Only after that you get the permission to get married. You know, what is the reason for that? Huh? Why only after giving money to teacher you get permission to get married? Because once the fellow is married, money will not come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where will the paisa come from? Because now there are two mouths to feed. 
and uh, the fellow has to take permission. Shall we do? It's not anymore I. It is Avam. Yeah, not Aham anymore. It is Avam. Sabjaga V V V. You know? No more I. And then, what if they say, we don't feel like giving money? <laughs> so therefore, it is said like this. Please go get married after giving money to the Acharya. That is one track. Then you go get married, you enter what is called Grihastashrama. Anashrami Nantishthet. Don't be in between ashramas because that's where the mind spins off into all kinds of, you know, fancies. Fancies take, you know, foothold in the mind. So really, ashrama means set of duties. So have something to do and commit to that. So Grihastashrama means set of duties. And so the, for the women also, there were two tracks. One was called Sadhyavadhu. Means after uh, after Gurukula, she's going to get married and start a family and enter into Grihastashrama. Or she would be called Brahmavadini. Yeah. Brahmavadini. Yeah. No. The one who becomes equipped to talk about Brahman, teacher of Brahman. Not just Brahmacharya here. Brahmacharya is understood. These are the two tracks. And uh, the very interesting word Brahmavadini and Sanskrit, you know, first you derive the masculine form and then add a, a specific feminine suffix and then make it feminine. feminine. Yeah. You know? And... Uh, like Karini, Vadini. So Karin is the masculine. It's a suffix called Matup, which after noun ending, uh, certain vowel ending, uh, nouns becomes in, you know. Everywhere, in all languages. So, Brahmavadin, Brahmavadini. The interesting thing is, even though it's derived from a word called Brahmavadi, you don't find anywhere in the Veda the word Brahmavadi. As far as I know, I may be wrong. But as far as I have studied, you only see the word Brahmavadini. You see the feminine counterpart without the masculine. Mm. Ah. The masculine of it is either Brahmachari or you know Brahmajnani or Sanyasi or something like that. The, the Veda uses different words. But you don't. This is a feminine noun. Although it's derived from the masculine noun, is missing a masculine counterpart. <coughs> Very interesting. There is no role there. There is an empty space. So these Brahmavadinis are very, very special, we come to know. Extremely special. In the Veda, we know one such person, Gargi. Not an ordinary person, this Gargi. Gosha, another one. And these women... You know, they, they were in very high positions. Gargi was in the court of King Janaka. I don't think Sita's father, another Janaka. No? Yeah. Janaka before Janaka. And uh, Janaka desired to have a sabha of intelligent people. And first he appointed Gargi as the leader and said, you please test everybody. And bring them into the sabha if they pass all your questions and tests. So she quizzed 
yagya mantra very nice uh, uh, you know dialogue is there exchange very nice exchange is there between yagya valkya and gargya yeah she made him miserable and he was supposed to have a very even temper he lost he loses his temper all these you will not hear in any other place <laughs> you know he loses the temper because he responds to her towards the end uh, you know if you keep asking questions like this your head will roll off your shoulders not a very nice thing to say but that just shows his limitations there he was he, he was a great sage very knowledgeable all right but something was irking him about and he knew all the answers to but he detested being tested by yeah why you are, i don't know we can't speak to that but he detested being tested he didn't want to be tested he got testy because he was tested <laughs> that's all we can come to the conclusion and then you know this is something so gargi was a brahmavadini and then we have examples of sadhyavadhus also who uh, got married to other sages like lopa mudra was the wife of agastya and then we have another story in the shakta tradition when hayagriva who is hayagriva the one with a horse's face a guru lord vishnu's incarnation came you know came down to earth with the face of the horse and to teach the trishati lalita trishati very 16 syllables 16 is a very important number not because of sweet 16 but see <laughs> there is a it's a complete person 16 shodasha kala kala means aspects there are 16 aspects and depending upon the tradition they change so you know 16 kinds of siddhis aspects completion etc yeah that's why shodasha upachara 16 step puja 16 kalas and then when a sadhu passes away they have you know on the 16th day they call 16 sadhus and give them a meal of 16 items and give them a bag of presents with 16 things in it yeah 16 shodashi and some people say that after if you are a sadhu you can say this that after i pass away i don't want to do this i don't want other people to spend all this so in any case i'm already gone because i'm not this body they do jivanta shodashi yeah they one lady did one one of pujya swami ji students who is a sanyasi and in gujarat she did this recently 3 4 years ago she did jivanta she did, i don't know if she's still alive she was 90 at <coughs> in full you know having full faculty capacity of everything and she called to 16 sadhus <laughs> and she herself presented to each one and she says okay done you know i'm done whenever bhagavan wants to call let him call this is what she did so the 16 is an important number so naturally the syllables the the, the syllables given were also 16 syllables and it's very interesting agastya did the tapas and hayagri it was the tapas was enough to bring hayagriva to the ground to to you know to bring him in the presence but hayagriva took one look at him and said he is not worthy of the knowledge i'm going to give it to you lopa mudra you are the real rishi agastya says what about me he said she will teach you i don't want to teach you i she i will teach her and let her teach you 
So like this we have these stories, so these Sandhyavadhus, just because they are married, we should not uh, think that they are, you know, into kitchen politics and just, uh, you know, you know, stirring things in the kitchen, no. They were stirring the pot outside also. They were just, you know, doing yagyas, they were having students, they were doing all kinds of things. And then we have, you know, so we have studied about, I talked about Gargi, I talked about, uh, who else? Lopa Mudra, then we have another story of Maitreyi and Katyayani, yeah. who are two wives of the aforementioned Yagyamalkya. And then Yagyamalkya said, I'm going to the forest, I have divided the thing too. We studied this here only, you know, all the nice topics are in Atlanta, <laughs> fantastic topics. And then Yagyamalkya says that, you know, and he goes away and before that he teaches Maitreyi. And then Acharya Sureshwara. Who is Sureshwara? Adi Shankara. Uh, yeah. I just put the last name first. That's all. I said Acharya Sureshwara. Confused, huh? Okay. So <laughs> Acharya Sureshwara writing a Commentary on the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad says that Maitreyi and Katyayani uh, went on to open a Gurukula for girls and teach this knowledge. You know? Very beautiful. All these are little trivia that we learn along the way. And then we have a story of Ghosha. Some of this I talked in that conference that uh, women's conference yeah, you had very nice conference beautiful the planning I'm having yeah we have one more this year also yeah fantastic very nice we had a very good conference some of these stories I told there also so this is to show that there is you know that even though there are discrepancies and these discrepancies take a life of their own there is really no uh, scriptural sanction and even the most conservative Shruti He's talking about uh, doing thread ceremony for girls. That they should not be deprived of the thread ceremony. Then what is the thread ceremony? Adhikaritvam to study the Veda. That is what it is. It's initiation into Veda. But now we have our own way. Like you know, they, the thread ceremony is worn by men. And at the time of marriage, he, he takes on one more thread, thread and puts it into that. It's still not gone away from the women. It's just that the men are wearing it. That's all. <laughs> you know, at the time of marriage, it is seen like this and some kind of a custom has come because of this. So, if we now, you know, look at all these things, we see that all the practices of the Hindu tradition, which overtly seem to put women aside, really are not meant to do that. You know, they may have had some other purpose. And, you know, so they are not meant to do that. We see that. Now we are at an interesting, you know, cross roads, a juncture, a very interesting juncture. And what is this juncture? Is that where to take, where to go from here? Do we fight those areas where there is discrimination, that is one way, or do we 
focus on moksha. Now, this is what the thing is. Because really speaking, and today we will we'll go further, deeper into the into the story of the samsara tree uh, tonight, and you will see why you will see even more clearly why it is futile to try to fix things in samsara. Fixing things in samsara puts you in a fix. <laughs> That's it. It makes enemies. I mean, it. I mean, if you can, if you can change it, change it. You can. You and certain places you can change it. And we have, you know. And we we continue to do so. But change is best brought about following a path of ahimsa. Real ahimsa connected with the mind, with the body. And everything. And just because, you know, there are certain practices and there are certain discriminations, etc., et, et real or perceived, because sometimes we can perceive them also, doesn't mean that we have to take up arms in order to change those things. You know, Gandhiji once said, the only thing you can change is yourself. And so, now I'm really coming into the topic. What is the topic? Moksha. Not just moksha. Come on, that's what I talk of all the time. Yeah. Women and moksha. Oh, it is the topic. And what I find is that women are wired for moksha. Really. Differently than men are. But really, this is worth looking at. Because... You know, look at all the things one needs to have in order to qualify for the study. What do we need to have? List. Huh? Shama. Shraddha. Shama. First, Shama and Dhamma. Dhamma means you don't, don't go and diff people when you're angry. You know? And Shama means you have a way of resolving the anger. Right? And you see, we find that the way in which the girls are socialized, they already have this right from the beginning. In our culture. Even in other cultures also there is an idiom, let boys be boys. Meaning, it's no use trying to do anything to them. <laughs> Whatever you do, they will still do what they want to do. Correct? But the girls, the way they are socialized, even though it may look cruel, it may look discriminatory. There is something to it that is helping one become an adhikari right from a young age. You can't learn a Vedanta at a young age, but you can qualify at a young age. It's always in the Hindu culture, the girls are told to share. The girls are told to forgive. The girls are told to let, let this be water under the bridge. The girls are told to let go, you know. And even it may build up secret resentment. But alongside the resentment, it is building up the qualifications for moksha. And now, one is an adult and one is at a stage where one can really, and it's, one, it's imminent upon one 
to let go of the resentment and see the background of the of one's life as a child to see the good things in it and and grab a hold of that if one is interested in liberation in this life so you see the past and yes there may be many things that are sorrowful nobody likes to share nobody likes to be quiet when especially if one has brothers you can see this very clearly that how come he gets to do this and how come i don't get to do this this is the time to let that go because when you let that go you'll see another layer of that one is already ready for the knowledge one is very accommodated one has to have shanti arjavan one has to be you know truthful one is truthful one has to be calm <coughs> one is forced to be calm for such a long time that one has naturally become calm one has to have <laughs> one has to have tyaga vairagya and the woman's life is nothing but tyaga nothing but tyaga you have to give in give in give in give up give up give up give up give up <coughs> and what is this without knowing why you are giving up you can't give up correct so that's why perhaps all this time there was a fight why should i give up why should i give up why should i give up but now when you know that giving up is vairagya you can easily give up this giving up is a precursor to that knowledge to that bhagwan sitting in my heart it becomes a way for qualification you know it is a qualification i earn the qualification and that's why women don't have to even leave the house to get preparation they don't have to go on what is called a vision quest they don't have to go somewhere you know for men it is so easy they take up the kamandalu and go off somewhere in the himalayas and then sit there and then they do tapas ghora tapas like vishwamitra and you we all know what happened when you know to him and we all know what happens when you do ghora tapas ghora tapas means severe intense going off you know the radar going off the chart austerities and when you're so severe with yourself what will happen you know because it's an artificial constraint so women are already primed and ready for moksha because if we are able there is an if if one is able to recognize the gifts of this flawed upbringing and if one is able to let go of the pain of this upbringing and see it as a plus of course there's always a catch 22 <laughs> and until i'm able to see that i don't get the knowledge until i have the value for the knowledge i can't appreciate it that is for you to resolve <laughs> you know this catch 22 women are geared for moksha and then we we'll also we also see in the bhagavad gita that bhagavan krishna says that i am there wherever these qualities are there he says medha feminine quality what is medha good memory yeah women have they have to have they are juggling so many things what child is sick what child needs this you know and not just children there are elders in the home this this one uh, you know cannot have sugar that one cannot have fat this one cannot have this they're looking after so many people they are you know enforced in a certain way to have the responsibility of caregivers they are the caregivers they sustain you know they sustain everything like mother earth they sustain 
and they have to also have the patience of mother earth because otherwise it's not possible to do everything that a woman does <coughs> women do a lot of things and if we understand this we won't throw away the baby with the bath water we will see the greatness of the tradition and we will have ways of transcending that transcending the uh, the small stuff you know like what about going to temple going inside and praying you know you have your own altar you know go to go to our arshavignana uh, gurukulam altar which is there in ramakrishnan ji's house you know you can dress the deities you can bathe them you can do whatever you want with them nobody will stop you there you have you know you can fall in love with those devatas you can have an altar in your home it's not a loss it's a plus plus situation it's a win win situation and then what happens is that mind is so calm finally that one when you when you see that my whole life has prepared me for moksha when you see this then it is easy to give in to that knowledge without resistance yeah two things i want to say one is that in our culture the men are raised to be kartas primarily they are the ones in the front they are the doers they are the ones who need the credit they are the ones who want to be acknowledged actually if you want to be acknowledged all the time you are weak you are mentally weak and women do so much without acknowledgement there you know they are always in the background not by choice but by some design <laughs> yeah <coughs> some design some karmic design you know this is part of the karmic design that somehow they they get relegated to the background but they are great enough to say i am satisfied with what i did so what if other people notice or not they are great enough to do that <coughs> this is wonderful and this is where we should go so the men are raised to be kartas and kartritvam is not a very good thing for moksha women don't have that problem however they have another problem women easily fall into the space of bhokta i am a victim i am helpless because that is the message of the society you can't do this you can't do that but confidence is not there i don't know how to do this i don't know how to do that all the things happen to me only why me why i should get all this you know so it's very easy because of the the, the kind of socialization for women not just in india everywhere women to classify themselves as bhoktas primarily it's not that women are not kartas and men are not bhoktas men also complain a lot we are not talking that they don't we are not saying that they don't but primarily this distinction is there and for moksha you have to give up both the sense of doership and the sense of being assailed and afflicted all the time you have to give that so if we keep looking into the past if one keeps looking into the past and saying that i'm you know all these horrible things have happened to me and i'm not able to go forward one has fallen into this vat of bhogtritvam yes fallen into a sea of bhogtritvam 
this is this pitfall one has to avoid so you have to transform the childhood experiences wherever you have found any sense of discrimination any hurt unknown or known on part of the parents who may have favored the boy child or whatever it is you have to let go of that hurt now so that you see what is under that what is under that is that already one is qualified for moksha one has vairagya enforced vairagya but one has vairagya one is able to give up in a trice really and one is able to one has tyaga one has titiksha one has patience one is uh, is able to bear with all kinds of difficulties including childbirth this is not an ordinary thing and one has you know shraddha one has focus because without being focused you can't cook you can't do anything that one does and so this is the main pitfall is not to fall into this feeling sorry for oneself is a very very sad situation you have to rise above that and of course like i said there is a catch 22 unless you rise above it knowledge won't come unless you have a value for the knowledge rising above it is not possible so there we have it that is the main thing so kartritvam women don't have but this bhoktritvam has to be dropped kartritvam also has to be dropped but that's less of a problem and i will close with this story once i asked pujya swami ji i had the good fortune to travel with him for a number of years and went everywhere he went and one time i said to him swami ji i said you have gone you have traveled the whole country up and down and where are the other gyanis you know you are a gyani we know but where have you found the most gyanis and i thought he will say himalayas he will say this that and then he just kept quiet he kept so quiet for such a long time i thought maybe he didn't hear my question or what this was a long time ago i asked him <coughs> but he was thinking and then when he responded he said I see I meet a lot of gyanis in older married women this what he said I was shocked I didn't expect that answer from him and then uh, he elaborated he said I go for bhiksha he said you know the the men are there to welcome me and bring me to the house and say the mantras and put the flowers and do all these things and perhaps the woman is just in the kitchen she doesn't maybe comes out for 2 minutes to take my blessings or she will sit on the floor for 2 minutes or maybe 5 minutes or listen to the talk but i look into her eyes he said this i know she knows and she knows i know that she knows om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachate ಪೂರ್ಣಸ್ಯಪೂರ್ಣಮಾಧಾಯ ಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಹರಿ